listeners. Got them. Hey, this is Ready Row USA. Um, we are all here in our individual uh, separated uh, separated uh, cubicles, but we are connected by the miracle of modern technology to uh, our our uh, special guest today, Jen Huffman, and her mom, Judy Willman, who is trying to get her microphone working. But we are, we ran into them, um, or met up with them at, at uh, the head of the Charles last year. And Jen is the granddaughter and Judy is the daughter of the legendary uh, Boys in the Boat crew member, Joe Rance. And he's probably the most well-known, at least it's kind of a household name in rowing circles. But hi, Jen, and thank you for being hi. here. Hi, um, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, let me just ask Judy. Judy, are you... St- you want to... Can you hear me? There we go. Oh, yeah, we, we can hear you, but uh, why don't okay. you ch- we'll check on you in a little bit. You don't seem to have video there, but... Well, it's okay. I guess I'm coming in on my phone. Oh, yeah. Good. You are. Good, good, good. Welcome. Well done. Well done. Yes. Um, I'm not going to touch anything. Okay. (laughs) Like I was saying in in the green room, you know, this adds authenticity to our our broadcast. We're we're normally like seamless, you know, uh, smooth professional uh, podcasters. But anyway, we are so glad to have you and to be able to provide uh, some insight into what made your father tick and your grandfather, Jen. And, you know, there, I know you have some projects going on that we'll be talking about and we'll share a little bit about uh, later. But first, we are going to go to our little um, uh, wind up here. Um, I'm the producer, Charlotte Pierce, and our assistant. Ex- Exalted assistant producer is. Um, I'm going to mute you, Judy, so because you're echoing. Um, is Shanna Borum? I uh, produced this episode, and Kimberly Reynolds is often with us. She does our news section, and she will probably be back with us next week. I'm hoping. Um, we are part of the Rowing Chat Network. We have several uh, podcasts across the network, including Faster Masters, Ready Row USA is this one, we have Strengths Coach Roundtable, and Rowing Chat uh, executive producer is Rebecca Caro, who does many interesting interviews with uh, rowing legends and luminaries and Olympic rowers and people with great insight. Um, I think last week she did a thing on rigging with Mike Davenport, and uh, we also have a new podcast on the network called the Candid Cox with uh, Whitney Powell and she will be doing that on a regular basis too. So we have a great appreciation for our fabulous sponsors. They make sure we can uh, keep the lights on and the internet going and uh, you know little subscriptions and all that stuff that we need to do. so thank you for our sponsors, Pregal Rowing Camps and uh, Rowing Tales. This is a book series, and you can find all the 
links and dis deals and discounts at rowing.chat slash sponsors. So Pregle Rowing Camps and Rowing Tales book series, which you might have more use of in the immediate future because a lot of us are at home reading. Um, yeah, so today we are honoring Joe Rance and we are highlighting how Judy and Jen, his uh, descendants, are keeping his his uh, spirit and message alive and helping us understand what makes someone like that tick. And I'm, I dare say that some of the qualities of Joe Rance have rubbed off on you guys, you ladies. But uh, in fact, I've, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have told me so. So um, Judy, are you are you with us? I hope so. <laughs> Can you tell us uh, which one is Joe in that picture on the left? We, For those of you who are watching, we have some slides up. Yeah, my dad is uh, second from the left. Okay. With the black shorts. <laughs> well, well, they kind of all one of them anyway. Black shorts. With the, black the, one with the, sh the one with the black shoes on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, so they didn't have unis in those days, huh? No, no. <laughs> well, well, they 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 Except did, the but uh, they, they weren't very comfortable looking. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Uni, unis are those unless they had to. Yeah, those are a topic of great uh, of amusement sometimes. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we are uh, so. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on now? Some of the projects that you have, um, the there's there's a session you did last year and then this current documentary, right? I don't know who, who Jennifer or, or Judy? The, yeah, the doc, well, yeah. the documentary was me. Um, and that was for North Cascades crew. Um, it's a documentary that Dunlumber did. Um, mm -hmm. They donated a number of materials from out of the materials for the boathouse um, on Lake Stevens mm -hmm. um, for the Joe Rance boathouse. And that was um, done. Lumber has a very vested interest in rowing. Um, one of the done um, what um, his great uncle or great grandfather or something. He, he was uh, on crew back in the twenties. And mm -hmm. so there was um, a lot of interest there when he found out what, you know, that they had footage from 36 and um, it was footage of, of the crew rowing past the Dunlumber sign um, in Ballard. So um, they were very excited about that and wanted to do something bigger with that. So they did the documentary. And Shannon, I was going to bring you in. If you have any questions, please pipe up. I'm just Boy. sitting and listening. This is sitting and enjoying it. Yes. Yet another episode of Charlotte knows the coolest people. <laughs> <laughs> well, Every actually, week I'm like, dang, Charlotte just knows everybody. <laughs> well, I, I, I worm my way into things, but Rebecca actually um, sent me the re reference to this and um, set, we set up the interview when they were at the head of the Charles. So why don't we just run a little bit of that and, um, and then we can talk more about, the projects that you have going on. Let me just uh, change my um, change my uh, my screen share here. Somebody talk while I'm doing that. Thank you. 
Well, I was going to say, Jen, did you have an option of not rowing while you were growing up? I didn't actually start rowing until I was a grown up. So oh. I, I didn't I didn't find rowing until I was 38 years old. I actually grew up um, doing gymnastics and dance mm-hmm. and coaching gymnastics and dance. So wow. um, rowing was an after the fact kind of thing that um, I, I retired retired. We'll put that in air quotes from coaching for a few years. And um, when I did that, that's, that's when I found rowing. And it was kind of one of those things my son got, got asked, asked to row, to row uh, on a on junior, junior crew. crew. And he, and he was, was reticent, reticent about the idea, about the of, doing idea of doing that. So um, yeah, I went down there with him and um, ended up rowing with some moms um, on a learn to row thing and decided that, wow, this was pretty awesome and, uh, that I wanted to do it. So yeah, and just that was 10, 11 years ago now. Yeah. Knowing your family history, that's gotta be a, a really powerful moment to be like, Oh, I really like this sport. Yeah. That's- yeah, it was, it, it was the sad thing was that, you know, by the time, by the time I really got into it, um, grandpa had passed away. So I couldn't, I couldn't talk to him about it and say, hey, grandpa, you know, this stuff's happening and it's really cool. And I want to hear more about what it was like when when you rode um, in the 30s and, you know, ask him questions that you wouldn't know to ask somebody unless you had been a rower, you know. So I didn't get the opportunity to ask those questions. And that still is is it bums me out. (laughs) Right. Now, Judy, did you grow up rowing with your dad? Oh, no. No, um, <laughs> I remember that. Sports were my passion. Uh, I did take a miniature sort of learn to row class uh, at the point in time when Dan and I were working on the book. And yeah, well, it was because Jennifer was kind of pushing me. She had both her kids, Josh and Dana, were were rowing at the time, and um, she was kind of pushing me that I could go out in a three-generational quad. So. That'd be cool. Yeah. So we, we did. She took a learn to row uh, class. We learned to row well enough for, I'm just uh, going to talk since she's kind of cutting I out. <laughs> um, we, I'm going to mute you Okay. We taught her how to row. Um, my my coach did and then we went down to the olympic peninsula and um john halberg who rode in the 50s um he was the um um like had started a club on the olympic peninsula and so they had open water boats um so we went out in an open water quad and he coxed us and it was really neat to row out on the olympic peninsula with the seals and everything and um yeah so that was our that was our, our big cool. row. Yeah. Awesome. Charlotte, are you queued up and ready for the, the video? Yeah, I'm going to see how well it goes. I think uh, there's a lot of uh, traffic on the internet right now. And right. sometimes these things, uh, you know, get kind of bogged. All right. Well, I'm going to unmute your screen. And if you'll go ahead and hit play, we can roll that. Okay. okay. Did you uh, hear any of that? Yeah, we heard you. No, did you hear the... Just I second. think we're having... Yeah, just a minute. There, there it is. Um, okay, so we're going to just play that. And Judy Wilman, two relatives of a very famous rower. Can you hear that? 
Mm -hmm. On this, yeah, okay. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your ancestor? Um, Go on. Or your your husband, or your uh, father, I'm sorry. Well, my dad was Joe Rance, the number seven man on the uh, 1936 crew that was featured in The Boys and the Bull, the book. And uh, I had a lot to do with that book. I spent about six years working with the author, uh, doing research and editing and and that kind of thing. Um, Marketing, digging out relatives, the sorting stuff. Anyway, uh, yes, and... Going into your attic for Dusty. Well, actually, it was going into his attic for for dusty boxes and stuff and prodding um, relatives of the other guys to look around for boxes of stuff that they might have on on their dad. I think what we'll do is clean that up, clean up the audio and post that separately, but... uh... You get. I, I just loved talking to you both. You know, at the head of the Charles, and are we back on? I can. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep, we're back. Yeah. So it was just. It was just a real privilege and a wonderful setting to be. It was a great day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Judy, are you back with us? Yay. We're back somehow. I'm not sure what's going on with the technology over there. <laughs> yeah, we're having having technology issues. I can okay. I can speak for her like it'll work. Okay, it'll right. work. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, so tell us um, sort of about the your involvement in the book because your grandfather plays a pretty mm-hmm. central role in the book that we've all read. Right. Right. Um, so. It, it's kind of an interesting backstory how how the book came about. Um, so when Grandpa was moving out of his house, um, he was going to move in with my mom. He'd gotten to the point where he just really couldn't care for himself anymore. And so we were cleaning out the attic, and we found a box of just all kinds of stuff um, from his rowing years. So there were pictures and memorabilia, the... Um, the jerseys that he had that are on display at the UW now, um, a, a lot of that sort of stuff that, that was just sitting in a box and it had, um, it had been damaged. Um, there was some water damage to a lot of it um, from a leak in the attic or whatever. And um, so I was kind of looking through that stuff. And at the time I was really into scrapbooking for my kids. I'd been doing, you know, a lot of their, you know, just as they're growing up, and I was like, oh, my gosh, mom, we totally have to preserve this stuff. And we have to make sure that it's available for next generation to look at and tell grandpa's story. So grandpa was still alive at that point, obviously. So um, we went through and picked the things out of that um, out of that chest that were salvageable. And um, I talked to him a fair amount. Um, we went through and kind of figured out the story of, you know, what we wanted to tell in the scrapbook. Um, we went to the UW and we pulled a bunch of articles from the um, archives at the U um, and I, I took, took pictures of him and put him, put him in, in this, this scrapbook, scrapbook that I was on. And um, uh, so by the time we got done, I had the scrapbook that was 
gosh, about this thick and, you know, it, just a handful, but it really told the story of grandpa's rowing years at the U pretty well. So, um, you know, I showed it to my mom and she was super excited about it. You know, when she saw the end product of this and was like, oh my gosh, this, you really could make a story out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. So she had taken it around and shown it to a bunch of her friends and stuff. And they're like, oh my gosh, that would just make the best book, you know? And, and so she was kind of excited about that concept and thought that she might do something herself. Cause she's actually a writer. Um, and so she had kind of played around with some stuff and uh, had gotten some queries from people around the country asking grandpa to give, um, give information on himself, history teachers, that kind of stuff. And so she would send, you know, little synopses back to them kind of about his rowing years and all of that. Um, so it got to the point where she was at a homeowners association meeting one evening um, and Dan was there because they live in the same neighborhood and he had brought his first book with him that had just been published and said, Hey, you guys, you should read my book. And, and if you buy a copy, I'll sign it for you and everything, <laughs> you know? So she reads this book and it was, um, about the uh, firestorm in Hinkley, Minnesota in 1896. And, um, it was an amazing book. I mean, you guys know now the way that Dan writes, he's just an incredible storyteller mm -hmm. and it, he pulls you right into it. So my mom's reading this book and she's thinking, oh my gosh, this guy could totally tell grandpa's story, right? You know, it's like, I, I'm thinking about ways to make this happen. And, you know, it's just such a big, important story that having friends would, would be amazing, amazing right? right? So, so he, um, um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. she ended up reading um, the book to my grandpa because she wanted to be able to say, you know, to have grandpa read this book and be able to say, yes, this is the kind of person that I would like to write this story, right? So she's reading the book to my grandpa and my grandpa's like, I know the person in that story. I know Angus Hay. I played with him in a band in Squim when I was in high school. Yeah. My mom's like, I don't know that that could have happened because this was in the 1890s and you were born until 1914. And he's like, no, I know that name. And so she asked Dan about it. She said, so Dan, what happened to Angus Hayes family once the firestorm was over? And he's like, well, I think they moved out to the Olympic Peninsula. So it turns out that this character that was in Dan's book, actually the son, Angus Hay Jr. was in a jazz band with my grandpa in high school. So it's like, you know, I mean, what are the wow. chances of that, right? <laughs> right. So, so then my mom invites Dan over and she's like, you know, my, my father would really like to talk to you about this connection that they have with this book. And then, it, you know, she had also kind of told him ahead of time, Hey, you need to, you know, listen to, to ask, ask my dad about this, this rowing story right. that he has. I mean, she kind of gave him a background and shown him the, the scrapbook and everything. And, and so that's how the prologue to the book starts is with him going over there to talk about that book yeah. and then getting into grandpa's story. So that's how the book came about was just a random chain of events that, you know, who could have planned it? It's pretty amazing. Right. And we're very grateful. So Jen, is this um, Us Against the World? Is that, is that a short document? I mean, it, yeah. yeah it, so what, yeah. what that is, is um, that's a documentary that Dunlumber did that I narrated um, mm -hmm. for them 
um, that tells Grandpa's story and then a little bit about my rowing at the and, end. And that is that the, is that a trailer or is that the whole thing, that 11 minutes? Um, the, if you're on www.usagainsttheworld.org, that's the whole thing. Um, and how how long is it then? It's it's eleven minutes long. Yeah, yeah, that's what I. So yeah. it, the one yep. the one on YouTube is the same. Yes. So yep. uh, we we will have those links that and the other one um, f of the boys in the boat. Um, yeah. Yep. This one. Yep. Uh, that's, we'll have the, that's mom's mom's story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So th those will probably be a little better. Uh, yeah. More legible, be easier to but, watch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So we will definitely have them on. What else is so, going on? Sorry. Well, I want to ask just an, a kind of an annoying question, I think. So my grandfather was in World War II, slightly mm -hmm. older, I think, than yours. So, and you know, I grew up with, oh, my gosh, it's just one of Grandpa's stories. Let me zone out. What mm -hmm. was it like growing up knowing that, or did you know that your grandpa was an Olympian? And, I mean, I just can't imagine what it was like growing up. That's a really interesting question. Um, and the answer is gonna probably surprise you a little bit. So he didn't really talk about it at all mm -hmm. um, when we were growing up, which for that generation is very common. I mean, you know, right. they really didn't talk about their paths all that much. It's kind of like you do what you have to do and you make it through. And um, so I, I honestly knew very, very little about his story period until the book was written. Um, I knew that I had um, like my my great aunts and uncles, his um, half siblings that, you know, they talk about the book, Harry and Rosie and Polly. Um, I knew that they were related to me, but I didn't really know how. Um, and, it, you know, they, they had reunions every so often, most of which I don't remember because I was really kind of young when they had the majority of them. But I do remember their um, 50th reunion in 1986. Um, it was the last time that they actually took the Husky Clipper out for a row. So they brought it down. Um, you know, we all went to the shell house. Um, they brought it down on like these rollers after things so they didn't have to carry the boat. And, um, they went to put it in the water and, you know, I mean, I was 16 at the time and, you know, grandpa would have been in his seventies. And I remember they put the boat in the water and I was just thinking, oh my God, these guys are so old. I'm not even sure, you know, they're going to hurt themselves. I'm not even sure what they're going to do. And then, you know, as I get into rowing and I'm rowing with masters, it's like, I row with some 70 year olds. So that, you know, the thought of that now is just like, oh, you know, not a big deal. But boy, at the time when I was 16, they just seemed really old. But yeah, they got in the boat and went out and took their, took kind of their final send off row, um, wow. which was pretty amazing. Um, there was something else I was going to say along those lines and now I'm trying to remember what it was in terms of, um, Oh, learning about the, the, his history. So it, my mom, um, part of what she did because she knew that the, th that the stories were important and that grandpa's history is important is when, when grandpa moved in with her, um, she basically just kind of started following him around with a pencil and paper. Um, and anytime there was something that was happening that he, he had a recollection of something or remembrance of something where, um, you know, he remembered something about his childhood, she'd get her pencil and paper and she'd be like, okay, tell me about that. 
you know, and, and try and ask questions about mm-hmm. it to learn as much as she could, as much history as she could get, um, you know, just by his random remembrances. Um, and so when Dan started writing the book, she had about five years worth of that um, that wow. she could go through mm-hmm. um, and give to him, give him information. Um, and so as he was writing the book, he would give the chapters to my mom and she would look them over and, you know, su- make suggestions, say, you oh, know, that doesn't really sound like something that grandpa would say or, you know, might want to say that a little different or whatever it was. But there was a lot of the stuff of his childhood where she had given him information, remembrances of things that had happened. So, like, he remembered at the Golden Ruby Mine um, clearing the plates for the the men who were um, who were working. And he remembered chopping the firewood for the wood stove for the teacher and things like that. But he didn't specifically say, my parents kicked me out of the house, right? So as Dan's writing this chapter and it comes back to my mom and my mom's looking at it and, and she's like, how did I not even realize that this was really what the situation was? It's like, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, you, he never said it and you wouldn't think about it mm-hmm. that way. Um, but yeah, everything that he was saying, you know, she got really mad at me and then I'm cooking and, or, you know, mm. I'm cleaning up for people and I'm tending the fire here and I'm kind of living in the, the schoolhouse and it, it, it all just came together. So having someone on the outside, look at all those remembrances and see them mm-hmm. from a viewpoint that was not my mom's viewpoint, mm. um, was powerful. So there's a lot of things that, that, we learned through his research and just through him putting a lot of things together that it it was very powerful. And Mm -hmm. I knew very little about my, my grandpa until all of this came out. So it it was, yeah. I was going to ask you a question, but first I want to remind people that we're Ready Row USA rowing podcast, and we're here with Judy Willman and Jen Huffman, the, descendants of the legendary Joe Rance of Boys in the Boat. And Jen, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about your grandfather captivates people so much? You know, what what, what qualities did he have that just resonate with just everybody, yeah. really? So I think that he's got a lot of qualities that people either wish that they had or aspire to have. Um <laughs> that whole generation, I I think that there's a lot about that generation that people are attracted to in a way, um, in the sense that, you know, it's kind of the pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Mm -hmm. kind of, um, you know, you're going through the depression and you've been abandoned and how, what are you going to do at that point? You know, it's, you're put in a situation where you have to make decisions about what you're going to do with your life and whether you're going to, whether you're going to kind of be a survivor or whether you're just going to lay, lay down and die, you know? So yeah. he chose to um, be a survivor and well, I to think make that's, the best of the situation yeah. that he had. Um, I think, so I that's, think that that's uh, a big part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but that he also, um, you know, not only did he make the best of the situation that he had, but he thrived in it, you know? So I, I think that, the, mm. just the, the whole, the whole 
concept of the story where it's like, you know, you're on your own and you have to learn to live on your own and, um, you know, but in order to fit in with the team and be a part of the boat and be successful, you have to learn this other, this other skill. You have to learn to trust other people, um, at the same time is, is very compelling. Um, and I think that people saw it as, um, you know, I'm in this situation right now where I feel like I'm underwater or I'm, you know, things aren't going my way, but look at what he did. Look at what he did with his well, life, I think you know? That's, that's just so resonant with what's going on now yeah. with yeah. our crisis, you know, health crisis. It's, you know, you see people either kind of caving or freezing mm -hmm. or engaging and helping each other. And it's just, yeah. there's such a incredible lesson there i think yeah in fact i yeah, think i'm absolutely. gonna go read the book again <laughs> i know yeah got lots of time right <laughs> I, I need some inspiration yeah so yeah, yeah so absolutely. so there's a there's a movie coming out too i i think the production might be on yes. hold but um yes yes it is it is um so lantern entertainment um bought a fair number of Weinstein's projects when they when they auctioned things off as they went into bankruptcy. So yeah. they were actually out um, at in in Seattle at the Shell House last I, th I believe it was August. We had a mm -hmm. we had a big get together. Um, there were a lot of family members of different members of the crew there, um, and um, we we had a big kind of a party at the shelves, which was kind of cool because they're trying nice. to renovate it. They're doing a whole next hundred years um, um, kind of campaign to get the boathouse um, transformed into a center that everyone can use, mm. um, renovate it. Um, so we were all there. Um, the Lantern people were there and we're talking to people. So they were, you know, looking at, you know, can we, can we use um, the cut? Do we want to, you know, do we want to film it here? Do you want to film it somewhere else? They talked to Mike Callahan and, and mm -hmm. Yaz Farouk about, you know, possibilities with that. Um, I don't know how much, but they definitely did. Yeah. Um, so I know that they are partnering with MGM now to mm -hmm. make that their first, um, uh, their first production and um, that George Clooney is set to be the producer. So we're yeah. really excited that it looks like things are really moving forward on that. Will you have some kind of a role in that or oh, advisory? No. Or... <laughs> no. Oh, no, come on. I want to come, come with you to backstage. Yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm just waiting for the red carpet walk, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's all I can yeah. right? I'll, I'll start um, getting my dress ready now. Yes, that's, yeah. it. that's exactly it. Um, yeah, no, so unfortunately, anyway. um, when, when the, actually when the book was, sold um the mm -hmm. rights to the movie were sold at the same time sure, so yeah dan doesn't have any mm -hmm. any say at all unless they want to um pull him in uh yeah. he's he's yeah just kind of hearing about it but maybe this, a little bit ahead of everybody else but not i much. mean it's but it's about time they did a, mo a movie about that oh, yeah. you know it's, i mean well, they've done I'm the documentaries and stuff but yes. yeah yeah and just... and honestly that documentary we would be if if there's if there's nothing except the american experience documentary that that ends up coming out at least mm -hmm. that was published it's like that's a really great it's um, fantastic really great documentary mm -hmm. and and it was it was really neat being part of the back end of that because um, the 
the historical producer actually came out to my mom's house when they were um, in the process yeah. of doing all of the work on that documentary. And she looked at a whole bunch of my mom's stuff and my mom took her around to the U and, and all of that. And, mm -hmm. um, we were talking about how neat it would be to get hold of the video or excuse me, of the, um, the radio footage of the race, the Olympic mm. race, because the, nobody had it or nobody had heard it, but we knew it was there. I mean, obviously there's, yeah. there's radio footage of that race. And, um, you know, she looked straight at me and my mom and she said, we are going to find things that you don't even know existed because that's our job. Yay, and we're like, Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And so, yeah, she found, well, she found some amazing footage and being able to watch that for the first time and see yeah. some of that footage and hear the actual Olympic footage, the radio footage was it gives you goosebumps. Just amazing. Just amazing. Um, Judy, do we have we're we're uh, going to have to wind up soon, but um Judy, do you I, do we have do you, you do you want a last last uh a last gasp can you hear? Final me? final word. <laughs> Did Jen say anything wrong? <laughs> Well, well, a lot of what she said, I didn't really hear because yeah. my other phone was stuttering. So, yeah, that'll happen. But it sounded like she pretty well went through the story. Um, she can be yeah. your PR person. She, she, she makes a good PR person. I'm, I'm getting good at that now. Yeah. Yeah. She's, certainly, she's certainly aware of the story. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, we are thinking about you out there in the West Coast and um, yeah. every everywhere and all, all the rowing clubs out there that are trying to makes sense we had a community rowing had a online meeting a scholars meeting yesterday and last night and it was just it was so nice to see everyone and mm -hmm. you know it's a strong community so i yeah, think yeah. we're going to be okay we're going to take care of each other and uh we're going to you know help each other out of out of the aftermath so um yeah we were one of the things i don't think jennifer mentioned although I couldn't tell, <laughs> uh, was that uh, one of the side shoots of this whole thing was that the Squim Sunrise Rotary got really inspired. Did you mention this, no. Jennifer? Okay. Got really inspired with uh, Dad's story. Of course, he came out of Squim. And um, they had... Uh, they've had auctions and they've had uh, fundraisers and... They are uh, creating a Joe Rance Homeless Youth Fund. Oh, my gosh. They uh, have uh, scholarships mm -hmm. set aside. They have been able to acquire uh, a house that they uh, set up counseling, and they can have uh, there's some beds in it where they can have temporary housing for um, it's, mm -hmm. it's for kids who are homeless but they want to finish high school. Well, that sounds and like it, something he would highly so, approve of. Yes. <laughs> it is so precisely. Yes, that's his know, experience. It's just, and of all the stuff that's happened, yeah. I think that he would mm. have been the most pleased yeah. with that. Oh, I'm so, it's just, it gets better and better, this story. And, and uh, thank you for sharing it. I just really appreciate you being on and, Please keep us posted about this, you know, the, your projects, and um, we'll share the links that you've provided on on our show notes. Rowing.chat is where you can find the archives. And let's go through the um, 
the the little closing uh, blurbs that we have, and uh, you can connect with Ready Row USA. Listen for the episode hashtag, which is coming up here, and guess what it is. No, it's so easy to remember. Just put it on social media. Go. And we, we, we have some things. We have uh, rowing gadgets, gear and services that we award on a monthly basis. So, you know, we'll, we'll lurk around the internet and find where you've posted it. And uh, we'll surprise you with a, with a little gift and we'll, it will be a contactless transfer. <laughs> <laughs> Got all these words that we were get all these phrases that we're getting to know. I am super um, curious what the word of the year is going to be. I have money on social distancing. I don't like social <laughs> yeah. distancing. I, I oh. like physical distancing and social connection. Right? Can I start yeah. a movement to to change it from to physical? Sure. Just anyway, hashtag it, Charlotte. I will. I will. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so we got things that we're doing at home. We're we're, we're doing this. Uh, the uh, video conferencing we're doing yeah. planking probably 20 30 minutes of planking every day <laughs> <laughs> and erging and all that good stuff um we have a club news forum and i don't know what it's going to take to get people to use it but we would love to share what your club is doing i think ted we want to uh, do a whole episode at the end of april so please yes. please yeah, and we need clubs because we. I I told Ted Benford at a community rowing session last night about it, and he said, "Yeah, I'll be on." You know, they're doing a. I mean, of course, there are a lot of resources in say large club, but um, they're doing some amazing stuff with online offerings and just connecting people and renting out ergs and things like that. So there are there are things you can do, and they also have a lot of expertise about. Um, you know, getting unemployment benefits and retaining staff or furloughing. And, you know, there's a lot of s decisions that clubs have to make um, right. in these in this situation. So please use our form or just contact us through the website rowing.chat and we will get you on. Uh, we always need more gadgets and gear because, you know, we live for our gadgets. Um, and especially and, and you know, for the gear, like you guys were talking about unis uh, earlier today. And I yeah. thought, man, my newest uni is super comfortable. Like I didn't even want to take it off. So, I know. Let, let's like, you, I always wanted to the, have pajamas. The, that, correct, the correct number of unis is N plus one, where N is the number of unis yes. you own right now. <laughs> Don't tell my husband. We ordered another one this week. Uh, so. We got we to gotta <laughs> yeah. get that, that pride uni that your, your class oh, designed. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the one that yeah. I ordered. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I had some students. I have not um, ordered a Pride Uni yet, but yes, I saw so, this. So the J. Lovely. Ordered the, the one that my kids designed. J. Designed Sweet. That's Let's awesome. put my that kids. in the show yeah. notes, Shannon. Let's put that in the okay. show notes. Because we really have to. That's a brilliant design. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, Okie dokie. And we are, again, appreciative to our sponsors, rowing.chat slash sponsors, Pregal Rowing Camps and the Rowing Tales series. Uh, oh, that's the wrong. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it's the, the episode hashtag is RRUSA Boys in the Boat. Yes. Uh, my company is Pierce Press. I am always willing to and inviting people to send um manuscript uh, book project ideas, especially for alternative education and coaching and innovative approaches to uh, rowing, coaching and learning. 
Um, Shannon, this is your I'm a neck of the woods. and a coach who's stuck at home for the foreseeable future. But if anyone is um, south of Atlanta, come visit us. We'd love to have guest rowers. Yeah, and and it's it's all year round, pretty much, right? Uh, you know, when there's not a pandemic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah, we're all we're all on pause right now. Right. Uh, upcoming episodes, we really want to hear from clubs. So, you know, if you've tuned in to hear about Joe Rance, we we want to hear from you as well. Right. Um, Club news spotlights. We we always have more gadgets, gear, and gifts. We're going to do some Olympic stuff now that we have a new date for the Olympics in 2021. Which okay. kind of messes with my head because it's got to be an even number, and I just don't know what to do now. Right, you know, it's like twenty twenty one. Pride Month is coming up. We're gonna do some special um, interviews and coverage of that, and you know, we'll we'll be back next week or even probably sooner. So, thank for you, sure. thank you for uh, tuning in, and thank you guys so much for joining us. It was so nice to yeah, chat with you. you today. Yeah. It's great. Anytime. You just invite yourselves. Do a, do a home invasion. <laughs> <laughs> All right.